The world is an ever-changing place. The question is, is it getting worse or better? You know, we watch news reports and it can be hard to take the things we see in our world. Not only is the world changing, but we're changing. We're getting older. Things change. Is there any constant? Is there any solid foundation? Well, the Bible answers that question emphatically. It says the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know Him? Do you know the stability that comes from being in a relationship with Him? We'll find out more about that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Early Christians were asking the question, well, where is God when I'm trying to follow him and people are abusing me and life is tough? Is, has God changed? And they were even asking the question, is God the source of evil? Is God tempting me? And James said, let none of you say, when I'm being tempted, I'm being tempted by God. Don't say that, James said. Each one of us is tempted when we're drawn away by our own lust and enticed. This is the problem. The problem is within. It's not God. It's us. We have a fallen nature and we live in a fallen world. And so James wants to remind his readers that God is good. And the main thing that James is communicating is just that. God is good. Look at verse 16. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift, 17, is from above. God is good. Now I want to show you just a few psalms. If you hold your place in James, go to the book of Psalms. The psalmists, obviously there was more than just David, but they wrestled. Psalm 34 is where you want. They wrestled with life and its difficulty and they would cry out to God with great honesty. And in Psalm 34, this is a psalm of David and he says these words. And David went through all of his trials as we know. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, 34.3, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed, 34.6. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see, what's your Bible say? That the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him, there is no want. Turn to Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is a celebratory psalm. We probably have quoted it many times in the context of worshiping God in music. But Psalm 100 says these words. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are, peop we are his people and the sheep of his pasture, verse four. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is what? The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Flip over to Psalm 135. Psalm 135, just look at verse three with me. It says, praise the Lord. Psalm 135, 
Verse 3 says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is lovely. There's something good when we praise God together, something healthy and beautiful. And then Psalm 145, just one more in the psalm. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, 145, 8, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works. If God is good and God does not change, if he is truly immutable, unchanging, then God will always be good. Even on your worst day, God is still good. Even on your worst day, my worst day, God is still God. But the early Christians were asking the question, if you turn back to the book of James, well, what do I do with my circumstances? Uh, Lamentations, a book about destruction and lament, mourning, says the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new, how often? Every morning, great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. That's interestingly enough in Lamentations 3, 22 through 25. And Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Don't be duped, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived. God is good. And God is good all the time. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the same. That was my request this morning for the praise team. That's a song back in the day from Hillsong. And every time I hear it, it just ministers to my heart. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the same. And when we conclude this message, I'm going to point us back to Jesus. And we're going to see God's ultimate expression of good is Jesus. But right now, he warns. He says, I don't want you to be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived by your circumstances, verse 16, James 1. And don't be deceived if someone in the congregation, perhaps, or one of your friends, or someone comes out with a book and says to you, oh, God is not good, or God's the author of evil. That's a lie. Don't be deceived. Many times in the Bible, you're going to find expressions like this where the Bible warns us, don't be deceived about God or about his nature. Don't buy the lie. Because if you buy that lie and you try to go back into that world and you try to find the answer to the problem of evil from the atheists, you ain't going to find it. You try to find it from the agnostics, you ain't going to find it. God has an answer for the problem of evil. And we're going to talk about that as we move on. Verse 16, many scholars have said, is a bridge between the previous section and the one that follows. I want you to see in verse 16 that James addresses the church as my beloved brethren. He loves them, and that's why he warns them. And just so you know, when someone warns you not to buy a lie or not to be deceived, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. I know in our culture, we sometimes believe that love and niceness have to go hand in hand. That's not necessarily true. Warning can be the most loving thing that you can do. And James is warning the beloved brethren, the church, don't be deceived, you guys. Don't buy the lie that somehow God is not good or he doesn't have the power to change uh, your life or your heart. 
Galatians 6, 7 says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. James says God is not evil. He's not the author of evil. In fact, verse 17, James 1, Every good thing or every good gift, the ESV says, bestowed or given, every perfect gift is from above. Just the opposite. God's not evil. He's good. And he rains down good gifts to us consistently. In fact, the only reason you are here right now is because of God. God made you. And without God, there ain't no you. Never, you know, I don't know if you've thought about it in those simplistic of terms. But without God, there's no humanity. There's no beauty. There's no anything. And Dr. Martin said, you should think about this additional thing. It's a privilege to be human. After all, you could have been a fruit fly. <laughs> I mean, God had options, right? <laughs> there, there's a lot of different creatures on the planet. Some days I wish I were my dog, though. I have to confess. My dog seems to have a very simple life, you know? And my dog, for some reason, is always happy. What is up with dogs? <laughs> it's a, always, always happy to see me. I could have her locked in the house for 10 hours on a 105 day in Corona. <laughs> and the name in Hebrew for dogs is Caleb, which means all heart. How appropriate is that? <laughs> anyway, well, that's enough of that. You see, James is saying every good thing, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights who doesn't change, simply put. We'll get into the verses in a second, but every good gift comes down from God who doesn't change. I know your circumstances have changed, James might say. I know you were pushed out of Jerusalem. I know there's been famine and poverty. I know it's been hard to be a Christian. I know some people have rejected you and said you're not part of their family anymore. But God doesn't change. Your circumstances have changed. God does not change. There's no variation in God. He is changeless. He is good. He is the Prince of Lights, the Father of Lights, a unique phrase in Scripture. God rains goodness upon us. In fact, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of Lights. One writer says, in fact, light is one of the loveliest gifts from our Father above. Just think about it. Just the gift of light itself. God fathered the lights of the universe, giving birth to each of its 10 octillion stars, by the way, which he calls all of them by name, in their individual brightness, ordering in their distinctive constellation and framing the physical laws that keep them on their courses, as well as ordering and sustaining the suns and planets and moons of the solar system. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth knowledge. Night after night, they send a message. God is good. He's the father of lights. He made the sun, the moon, and the stars. R. Kent Hughes, in a commentary on James, is listing the benedictions before the...
Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. He is the Prince of Lights, the Father of Lights, a unique phrase in Scripture. God rains goodness upon us. In fact, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of Lights. One writer says, in fact, light is one of the loveliest gifts from our Father above. Just think about it. Just the gift of light itself. God fathered the lights of the universe, giving birth to each of its 10 octillion stars, by the way, which he calls all of them by name, in their individual brightness, ordering in their distinctive constellation and framing the physical laws that keep them on their courses, as well as ordering and sustaining the suns and planets and moons of the solar system. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth knowledge. Night after night, they send a message. God is good. He's the father of lights. He made the sun, the moon, and the stars. R. Kent Hughes, in a commentary on James, is listing the benedictions before the Hebrew Shema, the prayer of Israel. And he says, The following uh, are the benedictions before the Shema in their original form. Blessed be thou, O Lord, King of the world, who formest the light and createst the darkness, who makest peace and createst everything, who in mercy givest light to the earth and to those who dwell upon it, and in thy goodness day by day and every day renewest the works of creation. Blessed be the Lord our God for the glory of his handiwork, for the light giving lights which he made For his praise, Selah, blessed be the Lord our God who hath formed the lights. Without him, there is no light. Without him, there is no creation. Without him, there is no you and me. There's nothing to discuss, nothing to debate, nothing to complain about, nothing to rejoice in. Without him, your heart doesn't beat. You have no circulatory system. You have no eye. You have no taste buds. There is no reproduction. There is no anything. God is good. God decided to make you. God decided to make you in his image, which makes you quite unique. These are concepts that we don't think about often as humans, but we should. We should put them back into our vernacular as families around the dinner table. You've been made in God's image. You bear the moral character of God. You have been given creative abilities and the ability to work and to think and to reason and to be a change agent in this world. Use your life. Your life is an opportunity. One of the great opportunities of all time. And many of our young people are checking out because they don't know if life's even worth living. That's a lie. 
James would say, don't be deceived by that lie. Your life is a great opportunity to use for the glory of God. God made the great light, Psalm 136, verse 7. His loving kindness is everlasting. The sun to rule by day, his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and the stars to rule by night, his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 136, verses 7 through 9. Uh, Jeremiah writes, after he goes through the new covenant, where God will write his laws on the hearts of the nation of Israel. He says, thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and fixed uh, order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. He's the creator. The world that we live on is just far enough from the sun that we don't melt. The moon has a big impact in the order of things in our lives. The air that we breathe, the world we enjoy is a gift from our Father. And he made the heavenly lights so that you could get a suntan in the summer. Just make sure you put on your sunscreen, right? Have you ever just watched the sunset and went, the other day I, I was at home and my wife likes to take pictures and the sky was just whew, with all these different colors of purple and blue. And I was like, Brenda, get your camera, get your camera. God is an artist, man. Woo-wee. It's incredible. And there are people on the other side who want to tell you this is a cosmic accident. The result of an explosion millions and millions of years ago, right? Your eye, your brain, a bird in flight on a sunset. I mean, think about how silly that is. That's science? Now, there are things that I don't understand about God. There are times when I don't get what he's doing. But God says, even if that's the case, I don't change. I am the father of lights. I am good. One ancient writer says that, uh, attributes the, the language to astronomy at the end of verse 17. Shadow of turning describes the movement of heavenly bodies that produce constantly changing shadows on the earth. One ancient writer referred to it as the change of seasons. Epi Epicetus, I think was his name. James may be using a polemic or a rebuttal or an argument against the ancient notion in some religious circles that your life was bound to the fate of the stars. This is, uh, there's modern expressions of it, but people, you know, they read, what, what is it, their horoscope, and they look for the alignment of the stars, and it's something like this. It used to be that you'd open a newspaper and go, oh, it's going to be a bad day today. Why? Because Saturn and, 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 and Leo, and then they're aligned in a certain order. Wow. The planets are doing this, thus I'm going to have a horrible day. And then someone gets on the 91 and says, see, the traffic's terrible. Hey, that's not the alignment of the planets, brother. That's too many cars on one road in Southern California. That's all that is. The stars are giving me the omen that it's going to be a bad day. No, they aren't. God breathed out the stars. The stars don't control your life. They don't control your fate. But some people in the early church may have 
been hearing other belief systems and said, oh, maybe this is the stars are doing this to me. Listen to Richard Dawkins of Oxford University, renowned evolutionary thinker. I just heard Ravi Zacharias say that recently, Dawkins is even starting to deny that evil exists because he knows that if he has to admit to evil, then he has to say there's a standard of good. And then if there's a standard of good, where does that good come from? And it leads you back to a moral lawgiver who is God. Well, you know, that's a problem. Here's Dawkins. In a universe of, of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt, other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it nor any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is at the bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is, and we dance to its music. Or as poet A.E. Hausman put it, I, a stranger and afraid, in a world I never made. Or as one evolutionary thinker put it, he said, you know, the prospects of a God or no God both frighten me to the core. If there is a God, that scares me because I don't know him. This is, this is an evolutionist atheist. If there is no God, I'm also frightening, frightened because we're in a ball in the middle of space and nobody's steering. Both possibilities frighten me. May I say to said evolutionary atheist, how about you become a Christian and meet the one who's steering? That'd be good. But it's hard in some of these circles for them to say, I've become a theist. I've become a believer in God because they think that they'll be painted as dumb or unscientific. No, that's just flat false. God is the creator. He's the father of lights. And there's no variation in him. This is used in Greek for the setting of teeth in a saw, for stones set alternately, for a sequence of beacons or even seasons. It could connote the movement of heavenly bodies. Some see this as periodic movements of heavenly bodies or even of an object in orbit, perhaps to the phases of the moon or even a shadow cast by an eclipse. Perhaps the constant alternation of night and day, the change of light intensity, full light at midday, dim light at dusk, no light at night, sunrise, sunset, we might say, things change. But God doesn't change. In him, there is no variation or shifting shadow. I, the Lord, do not change, it says in Malachi 3.6, therefore you, Israel, are not consumed. If I change my mind, you know, I told that person I would love them and accept them into my kingdom, but today I've looked at Michael and thought, you know, I've changed my mind. Oh, Lord, no! Please don't change your mind about me based upon my performance. Grace, I want grace and all that I can get. And the Bible says, he who began a good work in you will complete it to the day. Of Christ. Aren't you grateful that on your worst day, God says, I still love you. I know it's a mystery. I know it's perplexing. Sometimes I look at other people and say, God, how can you still love them? Answer that one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about them. But God is the same. 
Hebrews 1.3, talking about Jesus, says, He is the radiance of His glory, the exact representation of His nature. Jesus upholds all things by the word of His power. Hebrews 1.3, when He made purifications of sins for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All things were created by Jesus, Colossians 1.16, by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The creator of the sun, moon, and stars is Jesus. Your Savior, your Lord, your Redeemer is steering the ship. Do you believe in him? Have you trusted him? Jesus the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8 says it. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so um, I want to show you in the book of Hebrews, just the book before James, Hebrews 1, the writer is celebrating the superiority of Jesus to angels and to everything else. And in Hebrews 1, 8, just the, the book before James, he says, of the Son, the Father is speaking of his Son, Jesus. But of the Son, he says, Hebrews 1.8, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. The Father is calling the Son God in Hebrews 1.8. Uh, here is the Trinity. Continuing to speak of the Son, the Father says of him, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God... Thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy companions. Now, God's throne is forever and ever. The Father is continuing to talk about his son in verse 10. And he says, Thou, Lord, in the beginning did lay the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the works of thy hands. They will perish, but thou remainest. They will all become old as a garment, even the creation. And as a mantle, thou will roll them up. As a garment, they will also be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will what? Not come to an end. Even what we think is so constant, sun, moon, and stars, one day God's going to roll it up because he made it. And the constant is not the creation. The constant is the creator. Everybody understand? We think, oh, well, but this is what I see. But what we see is the product of the one who made it. He formed the earth. The heavens are the works of his hands. They will perish, but you endure. Hey, listening family. If you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, putting on the full armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.